Luxury is meant to be livable. Discover the new leather collection at Ashley with premium quality leather sofas, recliners, and more, all built to last. No matter how many spills, scuffs, or pet-related mishaps come its way, the leather collection at Ashley is made with the durability you need for the whole family. Shop the new leather collection at Ashley and find chairs starting at $499.99 and sofas for $599.99. Ashley, for the love of home. Hey, does anyone want to learn French with me? Because I've decided in 2024 that I want to learn French. And thankfully, I have Rosetta Stone. So you better hop on and so we can learn French together. Rosetta Stone has the amazing true accent feature, which is so helpful, especially in French. You get feedback on how well you're actually pronouncing words. Plus, they have 25 languages to choose from. So if you're not going to learn French with me, I'm sure you can find some other people who will learn a language with you. But I'm on the French team this year. Come on, folks, join me. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, and that's why we drink listeners, can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash drink. That's rosettastone.com slash drink. Oh, Christine. Oh, Christine. Hi, Em. When I say, oh, Christine, oh, Christine, I wish I had, like, I could do it in a rhythm, like a sea shanty. I feel like you deserve one, you know? Oh, uh, okay, never mind. <laughs> Christine I... is a lady. Okay, no, it's not going to work. And that was really good. <laughs> okay. Have you been practicing? Uh, Obviously not, but I can't <laughs> wait until one day I can sing a sea shanty to you all about you and... Or maybe I could plagiarize it and just sing a sea shanty to you. Just plagiarize it. Great. Thank <laughs> you. Like, I'm it's honored. It's for you. It's for you. I'm so honored. Anyway, I miss sea shanty inspiration. How are you? Oh, wait. Now do you hear me? I'm confused by my microphone. Can you oh, hear yeah, me? We, we can hear you every time. Okay, because I keep hitting buttons. Oops. Just stop. <laughs> I can't. Oh, I can't. Christine loves buttons and she just keeps pressing them all the time. See, shanty. Okay. Em, have you been practicing? <laughs> been practicing my freestyle. Freestyle. Oh, welcome to And That's Why We Drink. Um, Em, I hesitate to ask, why do you drink this week? Mm. Well... Oh, yeah. I'm going through it with, we haven't really talked about this too much on the show and we're both on a time crunch today. So we probably should so really get into it. So what a good time to start. Yep. Well, just very quickly, I'm, I am as unwell. much as I, as my, I am unwell, as much as I enjoy <laughs> propranolol, I'm going to a few doctors and trying to get on different medication and they put me on a different one for a while and it is not working. And Uh-oh. so now I have to. To a point where I have joined my doctor's concierge team, which... What does um, that mean? What is... What, you're so joined a doctor team? Are you... What does that mean? I, I'm i a doctor, actually. Yeah. So. I was like, I hesitate to believe anything that you're saying right now, but okay. It, it could be a total ripoff, but so far I've only seen benefits to it where the my personal doctor has like a concierge where basically if you pay an additional fee on top of health insurance yikes uh you have 24-hour access to him uh (laughs) what i know kind of la bullshit is that (laughs) it works it works really well though because i've been able to text him and call him as i'm testing out this new medication and i don't have to wait for like 
uh, an appointment where I only get him for 15 minutes. He talked to me on the phone for like a half an hour just because I was a part of this. I mean, it, it's working. So whatever. I'm cool with it. Is this um, like some Kaiser Permanente thing or something? Mm-mm, no. Mm-mm. Okay. Wow. It's, I've never it's heard like, of such a thing. It's like through his own practice. And it's oh. he, only, only, here's the thing though. It's supposed to start in like July and only a limited amount of patients are going to be able to have access to it. And then he's just going to like drop the practice he's working with and like, or he's going to drop the hospital or however, it, I don't know how it works, but basically he wants he's to be able to his give own practice. It sounds like that to me. So are you like um, outing him now? Because he's like, this is, I'm no, leaving. cause he does. No, 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 no. I don't think so. Also, I haven't said his name, but, uh, it's Dr. Schmanana. It's actually Dr. Schultz. I'm my own doctor. <laughs> All along you created your own special concierge access to yourself. Right. But so, uh, I, the way he was explaining it to me, it was like, he really wanted to be able to give really individualized care to a certain amount of people versus, having a bunch of patients that he can't really help because he only gets so I much mean, time I mean, to be fair, them. that is what you need right now because you're trying all these different... Are we saying what it's for or not, really? Am I... Uh, I have a, I have some sort of uh, blood pressure situation yeah. going on here. And so, it like, where I've gone to a few doctors now and they've all been like, huh, I don't know. That's <laughs> so, fun. <laughs> so, uh, so this doctor's been super helpful and... I think we might be going back on propranolol while I'm on tour because at least we know that that works. Right, um, right, right. But so I'm I'm kind of in a weird headspace today because I'm in between medications and like I'm trying to get that one out of my system so I can get back on one I like. So anyway, it's that's why I drink because well, that's a good my, reason. My body's a little topsy turvy today, but my doctor hopefully will figure it out he's he seems to really love a, a challenge so well, I, he, listen sometimes that's what you need in a doctor you know i don't know if you heard me but that uh program that concierge program isn't supposed to start until like july yeah and i am officially patient number one because i like he, to call you patient zero but he, yeah he was like he was like this is something i would like to immediately put you into the program so you can call me whenever you need and i was like oh all right ooh, okay. ooh la la. that's silly that's a silly feeling and so currently i have him all to myself which is very nice and i'm gonna miss it when he's got more patients in meanwhile here, blaze's patients sometimes call him at like 9 p.m and i'm like and he like goes and like helps them i'm like you should be charging these people an upcharge yeah <laughs> what's that yeah. about so he said that there's uh a few other people who've already made the cut or about to make the cut because he's he wants to give them some extra time too but yeah no i i'm really liking it he's very on top of it so anyway nothing to worry about just yet but i am not loving the the mystery here Mm. so yeah health mysteries are not really fun mysteries we don't like those kind of mysteries on this show no how why do you drink christine well um well i'm worried about you but that's not news to any any of us um but you'll be okay we'll take care of you if i become a ghost just know that it was meant to be oh my god um that's like such a guilt to you parent thing like it was just meant to be if i become a ghost one day when i'm dead you'll really miss me don't worry then you'll know then you'll know um well um i drink because um i've finally succumbed to the lifestyle of napping I was going to say, okay. Uh, And I really, truly, my whole life wished I were a person who could nap. I never have Mm -hmm. been able to. And my mother always said, one day, if you have children, 
you'll just have to figure it out and you'll learn it out of force and it's true she was right um, I, I feel like you are saying a good thing but mean a bad thing i'm assuming that no no it's good i'm very pleased i just i'm like how did it take me till i was in my 30s to like learn how to take a nap i don't know to but get on the winning are. to get on the winning team i'm finally on the right side of history here um welcome i have been you. uh you are you have now joined the ranks but i gotta be honest i've got some i've, I've climbed the ladder since oh I'm you're at the top up. T- tippy top I, tip tip tippy top i can't wait to teach you the ways of the nap it's gonna oh my god i can't i'm gonna text you my tips later can you please because honestly like now when the baby because they're always like sleep when the baby sleeps and i'm like i'm not gonna be able to do that because i don't know how to nap today she and i took an hour and 45 minute nap together and it was just the best like she's in her little nappy thing over there i'm just asleep on the couch just passed out it was the and then i i mean i was the best it was the best so anyway I i'm i'm learning love a good i i have always loved one day we're gonna get you to to my level which is you're in the middle of a conversation with a group of people and you go i'm gonna fall asleep now and you just <laughs> roll over <laughs> that's the dream i'm working toward it i'll build I, up toward it i remember doing that at your house with eva and she was just sitting there. The two of you were both there just talking away. And I was like, okay, good night. And I well, just... I actually left. Remember, I came home and you were asleep because I went to a doctor's appointment and I came home and Eva's like, I'm snapping. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> to be fair, I can sleep through anything. So don't let that deter you from being loud. That's. Oh, God. It's, it didn't. We're okay. Don't worry. Oh, anyway. Anyway, I'm very happy for you. I'm Thank so you. excited that you are. We're going to have to get you a little t-shirt or something or a trophy. Think a trophy would be great. I see. I feel like more The human. golden pillow. The golden pillow. It's very comfortable to sleep on. Yeah. Uh, it's a metal trophy pillow. Um, yeah. So I feel a lot better. I napped for almost two hours today and I feel great. So I'm ready to rock and roll, as they say. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? Maybe your child is too shy to ask questions in front of the entire class, but they can get extra help and positive feedback with IXL Learning. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback. This program will improve your kids' grades. Backed by research, kids using IXL are scoring higher on tests. From studies done in almost every state in the country, the kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. And one subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. If your child is struggling, this is the smartest investment you can make, and a month of IXL costs less than an hour of tutoring. Additionally, IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And and that's why we drink listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com slash drink. Visit IXL.com slash drink to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Shopping for humans is hard, but shopping for your dog is easy thanks to Bark. Every month they deliver toys and treats just for your pup because they deserve to be spoiled. At Bark, they send your dog a whole new collection of toys and treats made just for them every single month. Whether it's their fun plush toys from BarkBox or their ultra-tough toys from Super Chewer, they give your dog exactly what they want. And for a limited time, they'll double your first box for free. To get your free upgrade, go to BarkBox.com drink. 
That's right. You can sign up now at BarkBox.com slash drink for this exclusive offer. This ad is now over. Let's go back to petting our dogs. Hey, I mean, I, you do whatever you need to do, and I'm going to be happy for you the whole way through. But if it includes an app, I'm going to be extra proud. So thank you so much. So here's a, a quickie. Um, I have been I've been telling y'all I was going to do a, a ghost story this week. Um and this is a pretty good one. And yes. but the thing is, I'd never heard of it before. I was uh, watching Ghost Adventures <gasps> and I was like, I've never heard of this place. And it ended up being a really good episode. And so um, I ended up looking up the history. I found some little blurbs about ghost activity there, but most of the ghost stuff came from GA. So good old GA. Um, so I. Sorry that I couldn't find too many more sources about the ghosts, but ZB really turned it into an art over here with us. So here, it. It, here is the Stone Lion Inn. Ooh, in Guthrie, Oklahoma. Ooh, ooh la la, Guthrie, the one and only. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly, Guthrie is the most haunted part of Oklahoma, but I don't know anything about Oklahoma. I feel like any town could say that, and I'd be like, all right. Anything sure. called Guthrie, I, I feel like you could see, like, that's the most haunted part. I feel like Guthrie sounds like an old Western name. It absolutely does. I don't think I've I've been to Oklahoma for one day of my life and they have like a, a, a river tour or something, a boat tour. What were you doing there? Just driving through? Just just passing through old Guthrie, you know, you know. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, on my on my one horse ride through town, you know. Well, my brother and I have talked about this on Beach Sandy, but we went to Oklahoma. We were driving through as well, probably on the same route you were. And um we had uh my Blaze had this website he really likes called TV Food Maps. Have you heard I of this? I love TV Food Maps. Yeah. That was what I did the, shut up, Christine. I use TV Food Maps on my road trip that took me through Oklahoma. Uh, well, did you go <laughs> to the steakhouse in, it was either in Tulsa, I think it was in, I don't know. Was it, it once on Man vs. Food as the 72-ounce steak challenge? It was on Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Ah, uh, we did Man vs. Food. So probably count yourself, consider yourself lucky, because we thought, oh, this has been on Triple D, we should check it out, but it's like a, a steakhouse um, supposedly the best in town, like George Bush ate here or whatever. So mm. we're like, let's go to the steakhouse, but we're driving through and we're like, oh, we should change into something nicer. I'm in leggings and I'm like, I'll put on some pants and like a nicer blouse or something. Um, cause we felt like we'd be underdressed. Well, we walk into the steakhouse and, uh, the first thing we see is a family in all matching Minnie Mouse pajamas, um, Mm -hmm. getting their table and we're like oh okay so now we're the weirdos who are overdressed for this steakhouse i mean it was an oklahoma steakhouse from diners drive-ins and dives diners you don't wear fancy clothes drive-ins you don't wear fancy well, clothes and dives you don't wear fancy clothes listen to me steakhouse what do you my think mind, it was like a nobu or something in, <laughs> in my mind a steakhouse you don't wear sweat sweats into i don't know you don't wear pajamas you don't go to like texas roadhouse which is a steak outback you could wear whatever you want at an outback yeah but that's, that's a chain it's not one of the best in the state where the president ate okay i don't think the president wore as many mouse pajamas okay there. but to be fair all the way down to last night 
one of my favorite places to go in Los Angeles is Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles, which is one of Obama's favorite places. So yes, but Obama's cool and hip. Okay, George okay, Bush fine. wasn't like going to like. Okay. Anyway, let's get back. I'm to with the story. you. I'm with you. I'm just being a. I'm just being a jerk. So but we I walk see where in. You're going. Everyone's like in pajamas, and we're like, "Oh shit! We clearly are. We didn't get the memo. We're overdressed. We're the weirdos from out of town." I'm not judging. I'm just saying, like, clearly we missed the mark. With out, our, of place. out of place. <laughs> out of place. Out of place. Correct. So we sit down and we're like, um, we're, and this is before I was vegetarian, before Alexander was vegan. We're like, okay, let's just get like whatever they recommend. And um, she comes over and she's like, would you like a, would you like a, a basket of rolls for the table? And we're like, of course. Yeah, that'd be great. This woman comes back with a basket. She sets it down and it's full of wrapped saltine crackers. And what to this, in the world? To this very day, we still sit here and go, did we, like, are we a, missing something? What a weird glitch in the Matrix. Maybe in Oklahoma, rolls as But the see, lingo we've tried. For- we've looked it up. It's not a thing. We've looked. We've asked people in our audience. We've we've tried to solve this mystery. And our, basically, now we just think that she was just playing a dumb prank on us. And it's it's lasted in our brains for many years. Her prank worked. I don't know. But so we were like so confused and she gave us a a weird weird that feels like you accidentally like glitched right it feels like a black-eyed kid was your waitress and i'm like if this is the best (laughs) yeah would you like some uh ketchup on your apple individually wrapped saltine rolls (laughs) here's your rolls anyway that's that's my story about oklahoma that's the one time i went to oklahoma it's my memory of oklahoma and it was a very weird experience so uh that's all i've got Anyway. Well, I was I was specifically on on a man versus t- food mission at the time, and I don't remember if the if Oklahoma was the place with the seventy two on steak or something. But I remember our whole trip was pretty dedicated to TV food maps. That's what we did. So anyway, f- free shout out TV food maps. I hope everyone they deserve it. It's a fun website. It's very fun. Uh, okay, so anyway, back to Guthrie on the first bullet. Allegedly the most haunted place of Oklahoma, it, and the Stone Lion Inn is part of the National Register of Historic Places. Cool. So in 1907, the house was built for the... They kept saying... ZB kept saying Hooten, but it's spelt like Hofton. So I would say Hofton or Houghton. I would not assume Hooten immediately. H-O-U-G-H? So, Mm-hmm. I could see it being Hooten. Okay, so according to ZB, this house was built for the Hooten family. Um, the uh, the family, Fred Hooten, founded the Cotton Oil Company, and he opened Oklahoma's first car dealership. Oh. Whoa. Whoa. And so when he moved in, at the time, every source was so wishy-washy on this answer, so I'm not sure if I'm doing this right, but... When he moved in, he had already five to six kids with his wife. But eventually, while they lived in the house, they had up to 12. Whoa. So the house had four floors. It had 8,000 square feet. Oh, my God. It was, at the time, the most expensive house in Guthrie at $12,000 or $350,000 today. Holy shit. It had a ballroom, a playroom, a library, sitting rooms, three grand fireplaces, and it had a coachman and a maid. Oh, one maid for that entire fucking place. Eight thousand square feet. She was children. never. She was never tired. She that, never got to take a fucking break. She was always tired. 
Yeah, she was always tired. You're right. The coachman <laughs> was just sitting out there with his horses being like, that poor woman. That poor woman. I'm not going to help her, but that He's poor like, woman. No one asked me for a ride on my horses. Otherwise, I'm good. <laughs> um, so while living there, three of the Hooten family members died in the house, including one of the children. Oh. So some sources say... Uh, her name is either Irene, but some people also say Augusta. So I don't know if one was a nickname or something. Okay. Um, but she allegedly died around seven or eight because she had whooping cough and Aww. the maid gave her too much medication, which at the time would have had some sort of codeine or. Oh, no. So it was it was just a, a lot of medicine. And she ended up passing away. This also could just be a rumor for the ghosts um, because there is no documentation that shows this to be true. Some census records even say that Augusta or whatever her name was lived until she got married and moved out. Mm -hmm. Um, So the rumor could have not been true. It could have been about a different daughter that we don't know about. Irene. Could Could have been about Irene. Imagine if they hated each other and everyone's just clumping them together for the one like, Same difference. It's like, <laughs> sort of like we're different. Um, so the rumor could have started later, or this could be real. We don't really know. Okay. In the 1920s, um, the family needed some money. I guess things weren't going well for them. So they left the house for a few years and leased it out. And they leased it to Smith's Funeral Home. Oh, that's nice. And the house became a mortuary. I swear, every time I see like a beautiful house, like here in Northern Kentucky too, like these just old, gorgeous, big mansions. And I'm like, what a beautiful house. It's always inevitably a funeral home or a mortuary. It just always is. It's like they're just... Something spooky is going on there. They're meant to be just these stately, beautiful buildings and just add such a creep factor. Or it's always like a boarding house and then a bunch of family stories happen there and it, you know, it gets confusing quickly. Yikes. So I feel like it's always either haunted because several families were there and one of them was always absolutely has a, has a shady checkered past. They're or, always taking like codeine medicine, you know. Right, yeah. Or then and then there's always there's a mortuary about. So in the 1950s, a new family moved in and bought the house and they lived there for like 30 years and then in 1986, the house got passed on to another family called the Lukers. Okay. And the Lukers bought it for $90,000 and they mm. restored it back to how it originally looked and converted it into Oklahoma's first bed and breakfast. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. Mortuary turned. This fits. B&B. So fun fact, by the way, when Betty Luker, the woman who bought the house, when she moved in, uh, all the furniture from the previous families had been taken out except for one white table in the foyer yikes and she ended up finding out it was one of the original embalming tables oh, from when it was a mortuary and they were using it in their hallway i was about to say what a beautiful place to eat breakfast in the morning for all our guests oh, literally oh. bodies or something used to be on that table and now she holds drinks on it excellent so, yes drink Yuck. up Mm-mm. so during the this renovation um when she came in, she wanted to renovate for the Airbnb. Nope, just the plain B&B. I do uh, that all the time. <laughs> it's bad. So frustrating. So during this renovation, uh, that was when the first real signs of activity showed up. So workers kept losing their tools per usual. That seems to always be the thing with construction workers yep. and ghosts. They would hear footsteps. They'd hear door slamming, etc. 
And the staff also started catching activity once there was once it was a fully ran B and B. They were seeing orbs. They were hearing sounds of music. They were smelling pipes in the hallway, like cigar smoking pipes, tobacco pipes. They even saw a man smoking with a black hat sometimes. Mm. Uh, people also would see children jumping on the bed when there were no children. Yikes. Uh, That's some fun, guessing- though. At least now they have all these beds to jump on for the right? ghost children. Uh, guests say that they feel someone tucking them in. Uh, that poor maid. That. The, the poor maid. She's still working. Uh, <laughs> People have also gotten locked in rooms, especially in the laundry room in the basement. Uh, Firm pass. Mm-hmm. It's always the basement. Why? I imagine the basement was also where they did all the embalming crap. Well, I was going to say, that, yeah, as a funeral home, that's probably where all sorts of yucky shit happened. No. Sorry, I was yawning everyone, but no. Um, <laughs> one, uh, in case anyone was wondering about my very delayed response. I was just boring, um, really boring, and Em had to yawn about it. One of the Luker kids, uh, the family that lived there in the 80s, they, one of the boys always cleaned up his toys in the playroom. And at night he would hear little footsteps walk through the hallway, walk to the door of the playroom, and then the sound of the door opening by itself. That's And every, every morning when he would wake up, all of the toys were strewn all over That's the floor. That's traumatizing. I would be so frustrated and terrified. I'd be scared. I'd also be mad because now my mom thinks I'm a messy I know. Kid. Like, you're frustrated, but then also it's like, but I don't want to mess with it. Hopefully, maybe he was just making up the story and he was actually messing That's with it. That's what I'm thinking. Wanna... That, I'm hoping. Like, it was a ghost. That would be... I I hope so, too. I'm hoping because then that means there was no ghost there. Me, too. But if it was real, I feel real bad for this kid. Me, too. Um. So one guest actually was having trouble turning on their fan in their room and they felt someone climb onto the bed with them and fix the fan for them. <laughs> Step aside. It's like, I've got it. Don't, I've done this a million times. Oh God. People also hear voices of spirits calling them by name and even saying, get out. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also later when there's investigations being done, a lot of EVPs in this house that's pretty common. Um, and others have reported waking up in the middle of the night to a little kid's hand tugging their feet. Mm-mm. And they think that's Irene or Augusta. People also wake up in the middle of the night to a little a set of little hands patting them on the face. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> it's almost like a little kid trying to say, like, wake up and like, like slapping you up, around. Wake up, wake up. Yeah, uh, exactly. That's <sighs> awful. Because I wonder if you can hear the smacks when you wake up. Yeah, or, if it's just or do you silent. Just feel it? Yeah, ugh. I don't know which I hate more. There are some spirits heard laughing. There are some spirits heard screaming, and another rolls a wooden ball down the hallway floors. Mm-mm. Okay, no thanks. There's a housekeeper here named Michelle, uh, and she's worked there forever. And she has a daughter who uh, started freaking her out because the daughter loved going to work with her and going upstairs because quote that was where the girl with her plays. Ugh. Apparently that little girl only plays upstairs. And so Michelle's daughter would go upstairs to play with her every day. No, the guests have also gotten spirits and pictures, including a couple that got the man and the hat floating between them. Oh, in in between them. Photo bombing. Okay. It's true. It's just like what bunny ears or I don't know. (laughs) The activity was so bad. Eventually that Becky Luker started calling the cops thinking that someone had broken in (gasps) 
and even tried selling the house but couldn't i think the the realtor was like you literally just bought this house come on like we're you can't do that yet when uh becky first got the place she decided that she was going to keep things interesting in old guthrie oklahoma Uh oh and because they needed more pr or like people to know about the bnb yeah uh she decided that not only was going to be a bnb not only was going to be a bnb but she started (laughs) host she started hosting murder mysteries here well 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 what an interesting twist old becky the the business bitch uh she knows what she's doing she knows what she's doing so every friday and saturday friday through saturday because it's an overnight murder mystery oh what oh my god (laughs) she's been doing it for over 30 years and she has a the murder mysteries are overnight with a stay up to 40 guests holy crap they can all stay at the the bmbs they dress up their email their character lists before they ever get there god it is like a full-blown participation award where like you have to commit you're not going there to watch the show i've always wanted to do i've never been to a murder mystery party i've always wanted to Unless I was playing a character that is silent because they have anxiety and when performing, I wouldn't want to do it. That would, other than that, I don't want to be a part of it. Really? I feel like it would be really fun. Like with friends. I mean, obviously not like with randos. I would want to do like, like my brother's friends host it sometimes and they all get like a little character and come over and have drinks and like play. I don't know. Maybe it would, I would really have to know the energy going in. I think I think maybe it'd be fine if it were like just you and me because then we could like talk trash about our characters and stuff like that. Well, yeah. But I feel like if this if this situation where there's 40 people and I'm expected to play a well, role. Well, I've never heard of such a thing with 40 people. That's insane. I'm talking with like eight to 10 people like a I'm normal. Like have, I'm like having palpitations just thinking about it. Oh, my oh God. Oh, my God. So it, and also overnight, you don't get to go home after. Yeah. What's like, that about? I've never heard of that either. Happening. It just How, keeps happening. Where do people sleep or do they not sleep? And apparently she does it every weekend for like 30 years. It must be pretty good if like up to 40 people are coming every weekend. Is it, do they sleep like, or is it just like it goes all night? They sleep at the B&B and then I think they wake up and have breakfast together. All 40 of them sleep at the B&B? Is it that big? I don't know. I think she's got a few places and like some people get kind of moved to like the sister B&B. I don't know. Okay. Well, anyway, I'll look it up later. I'm curious. So it includes a cocktail party in the beginning. Okay, I'm in. And it includes a seven-course meal. Oh, well, I'm doubling. I'm in. Yeah. And then breakfast the next morning. Okay, I love it. So uh, that's enough to really sucker me in until I realize I have to perform for an entire night. You're not perform. You're just... For the person in this duo who doesn't have social anxiety, you're having a lot more anxiety about this than I am. Do you know what I mean? I feel like you have forgotten all about my... uh, obscene stage fright for no reason it's a stage fright like you're not on a stage but it's performance anxiety but like you don't have that when you're just like talking to strangers right no because i'm not playing a role i'm not expected to play a role but you are though in in a way oh hang on a second we'll talk about this later okay so (laughs) here's the here's the kookiest part of it all okay this maybe they don't do this anymore after it has been publicized so much. I don't know if she's gotten any backlash for this, but uh, originally at the murder mystery 
part of the show is going to the nearby cemetery <gasps> and seeing the grave of Elmer McCurdy. Oh. Do you know who Elmer McCurdy no. is? So before I get into Elmer's story, during this part at the grave of Elmer McCurdy, which is a real grave, uh-huh. everyone, as part of their contribution their performance in this murder mystery everyone is acting out together a ritual near elmer's grave Uh oh and it actually got becky accused of devil worshiping in the newspaper okay in the 80s like she was like accused Uh of witchcraft got it okay (laughs) so uh why elmer so the only reason she picked elmer's grave is because she loves the story of what happened to Elmer and she thought it was a fun idea when writing the script for her murder mystery. Okay. So the very short version, which by the way, if you want to go, I'm sure there's like pages about this guy. Cause it sounds like he was a doozy, but the very short version is that he was a train robber back in the day. And on his last robbery, he tried to steal like $400,000, but he oh. only got a, he only got away with $45. <laughs> and close <laughs> he got he only got 45 dollars and apparently some whiskey and that was okay as well far sometimes as he made you just it. gotta take what you can get he ended up getting chased down and he got shot once <gasps> and immediately died oh no he was taken to the coroner and i don't know what was going on with the coroner but he uh was doused with arsenic which i don't know if that's part of the embalming process or not but he got doused with arsenic way too much like a like a far more than a body is supposed to be given and he accidentally turned into a mummy (laughs) i'm sorry i'm laughing because i'm so baffled uh i don't know i didn't even know arsenic was part of that procedure but apparently what ended up happening is he like fully he became lemon he petrified (laughs) oh well so that it is like how we do rituals with lemon with lemon yeah yeah, yeah yeah okay but so his body was completely solid mummified so okay elmer was never claimed by a family member and the coroner didn't oh. know what to do kind of thank god that like no one came to pick him up to be like how what awkward the fuck happened to my family member yeah and also like if it were that much arsenic and it's not supposed to happen did like the coroner like drop it a bucket of arsenic on him and then like have to like I, I imagine it's the same. It was the same idea of like, if you pour water on your phone or something, you're like, Oh no, 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 no. And like, try to like drip it off. Or so something. what like, he did was he dumped him in a bucket of rice afterward. And it didn't right. really do the trick. Right. Like that's, that's what it sounds like in this story. Like how I think it was like, I saw like 200 times the amount of what you're supposed Wait, to do. Wait, what? Okay. So, so I'm it, feels this like, arsenic it feels like and... this guy was submerged. Okay. So basically arsenic and old graves. So they, they did this as part of the embalming process. And what I imagine is, yeah, that he's supposed to use some arsenic and probably accidentally like. Yeah, yeah like literally the over... whole bucket might have fallen on top of like him actually either dropped it or so I accidentally just downloaded something called arsenic fat arsenic fact sheet. Uh, I that think was you wrote that and you're finding it in your downloads. Oh, folder, that's what actually, it is or something. And, and the on actual, your... oh my God, it's literally called arsenic fact sheet. Uh, and the, the download name is called grave mistake packet. Oh my God. PDF. <laughs> throw, throw us, throw us an FF, throw us a fun fact here. Oh, okay. Grave mistake. Get it. Um, okay. See. Let's see if I can find something. Uh, 
In the U.S., the widespread use of arsenic in embalming fluids began in the Civil War period to enable the bodies of dead to be returned home. Oh. So that's interesting is to preserve them. So, yeah, he probably just way overdid it. It really uh, felt like he dumped a bucket on him by accident and, like, freaked out and didn't know what to do. Interesting. And also it says six patents were issued between 1856 and 73 for fluids that contained arsenic from as little as four ounces to as much as 12 pounds of arsenic per body. Individual Ooh. embalmers could also create their own formulas by going to the local pharmacy to get the necessary quantities of arsenic. So maybe he just didn't know what he was doing with the formula. You know, the real trick in the in this sleight of hand thing that's going on here is you're reading the fact sheet completely unaware that this was like a trojan horse virus and as you're reading these fun facts your <laughs> computer is just shutting down before your very eyes it's like grave mistake we put it's, it right in the name <laughs> it's just giving you something to do so you don't notice this is amazing this whole fact sheet by the way if anyone wants to read it is about using arsenic for embalming um and so the, wild if anyone wants it it's at uh this is a weird name don't ask me why Project. If you want this Trojan horse virus, you can go to. <laughs> it's not a virus. Project wet, sorry, dot Georgia.gov. So it's a wet government Georgia? file. Georgia? Oh. Georgia.gov, like the, like the. Like the state, not the person. State, not the person. I heard wet Georgia and I was like, oh, okay. Oh, not if that. It felt like you went to wetgeorgia.com and got a virus and <laughs> now there's an arsenic fact. Now there's Don't an arsenic fact sheet. <laughs> arsenic fact sheet. Projectwet.georgia.gov. And that's okay. where you'll find it. Okay. Got it. Got it. Got it. So anyway, this horrible thing happens to Elmer's body and the coroner. I don't know, doesn't know what to do with Maybe it. Maybe that's just his own formula. He's like, I developed a new embalming formula. I go to the I pharmacy. I found out a, in 24 hours or less, you have a mummy. That's what. How the... fun is that? <laughs> so Elmer was never claimed and the coroner didn't know what to do with him. So here's where it gets shite. Uh -oh. He stood Elmer up in the back <gasps> like a mannequin and charged people to see it. For God's sake. I can't believe they used to be able to do shit like that. For a nickel. Oh... That's so bad. over time, the this became like a thing. And I think uh, one story I heard, I did not keep this in my notes, so I really hope it's true because I don't have the source written down. But I'm pretty it's sure. Georgia.com. Right. <laughs> so wet Georgia walks in and she says, uh, no. So basically this, these two guys, I think they came into the funeral parlor and pretended that they were his brothers <gasps> and they wanted to claim his body. And so when they took his body, they ended up actually being like directors of a carnival or a sideshow. I knew it. They stole it. They stole the body. And then I don't know if that was the origin to how this happens, but Elmer for 65 years passes between sideshow to sideshow to sideshow. Where have I heard this? I don't know. Because I was about to tell you, oh, there's a, some guy who got mummified and was like in all these different carnivals and stuff you know what i think it must have been on lore sorry i'm always mentioning that but i think that's must have no, been where i heard good. it but that is that's wild because i've heard about that but i didn't know that was at all connected to this town or anything oh guthrie so here's the crazy part is that because i guess when whoever got the body originally from the funeral home put it in their carnival then they sold it to a different guy for their wow. sideshow sold it to a different guy for a wax museum sold it to a different guy for an amusement park <sighs> eventually the story 
got hidden that it was a real body. So <gasps> all, all of these people are buying it as an attraction piece for their show, thinking it's a wax Well, dummy. yeah, they're like, it's a wax museum. You don't think it's a real person. They thought it was like it had its own... Like it was a fame, oh, no. a particularly famous dummy prop that had its own oh, name no. to it. And so it was, despite no one knowing it was a real body, it was known as the bandit who wouldn't give up or the mystery man of many aliases or the <laughs> Oklahoma outlaw or the embalmed bandit, literally called the embalmed bandit or the outlaw who could never be captured alive. Well, okay. None of those really. None of them. They don't, they don't, they're not. Nah, they're not jazzy they enough. Yeah, they don't roll off the tongue. No, they don't really. And that's the probably Oklahoma, why there's the, seven fucking names. The Oklahoma Outlaw. I'm into that, that one. That one works. That one does that, work. I hope I hope they heard that one and they're like, But it doesn't oh, get across like the point of it, right? Like I like you gotta keep something about embalming or a body or whatever. Yeah. I mean uh, the the bony bandit. Woo! See, they just needed me for five seconds. <laughs> so uh, in 1976, it took that fucking long, folks, wow. for, for him to get uh, figured out. Elmer was being used as a wax dummy hanging from the rafters of an amusement park arcade called mm. The Pike in Long Beach, which is so weird because literally this weekend, actually for three days, because I went back again on Monday, I was at The Pike in Long Beach. What? It was so weird, and now I'm reading this. And then I did this story last night, and I was like, this is fucking crazy. Did you see Elmer? No, but apparently anyone who was there in 1976 did. The Oklahoma outlaw? The bony bandit? The bony bandit. He was used as a wax dummy hanging from the rafters. It's like, I don't know if he was supposed to look like a toy you can win or something. I don't know. But on this day... Uh, you can i don't win. know you know you know how like at arcades they have like stuffed animals yeah, hanging from the walls and but stuff? i'm assuming it was like at a ride or something like oh, a roller coaster was. i don't i don't know i all i know about <laughs> the pike in long beach is what i learned literally this weekend which is that mm, a lot of long beach used to actually be a whole amusement park and so now if you go there there's a bunch of little homages to like roller coasters and stuff and it made no sense until allison and i found like a sign that described what that was, going was like on. this is what's happening here don't worry about it so that's there it must have been at some sort of attraction so okay so at on this day in 1976 the show The Six Million Dollar Man was filming an episode here, and one of the prop guys moved Elmer so he'd be out of the camera's shot. And when he picked up the dummy, his arm broke off. <gasps> and inside, where like there should have been like nuts and screws to hold the dummy arm together, there was muscle and bone. Oh my God. Can you imagine being that prop guy realizing you're holding an embalmed oh body? My God. And so anyway obviously investigators immediately came in they were able to determine it was the body of elmer which if you're interested in the science of that or the specifics of that wikipedia shockingly had good information wet georgia i already gave you the link right 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 combine wet georgia with wikipedia and you'll get something real interesting something good will happen to you in seven days (laughs) (laughs) you have to forward it to 55 people first just ask zoltar at the pike in long beach um So Elmer was identified and brought back to Guthrie and the town held a funeral for him 66 years later. Wow. They buried him in Summit Cemetery, but for good measure, they covered his grave with concrete. Just Uh, don't take him anymore. He's had enough of an adventure. I like, that's actually a a much 
nicer thing. I thought of it as like a fucking zombie or vampire fear. Of oh, like, I assumed it was like this guy's like a legend and people are going to try and steal his body again for <gasps> carnival purposes. That has to be it. I was just nervous that they were turning this He's into an even scarier story. <laughs> he deserves to. He has like a if real bone does. to pick. Get it? Oh, yikes. Bone to pick? Okay. Yeesh. I'll see myself out. Fun fact. This is also super eerie. A musical has been created about Elmer called Dead Outlaw, like a like a New York City musical. Um, it's called Dead Outlaw, and it premieres in five days. No, it doesn't. Is that not the craziest thing? Are you kidding me right now? I had to like, I thought I was losing my mind. I was like, I thought I was having tunnel vision or I was sleepy or something and not paying attention uh, to the words. What's but it it's, called? It's called Dead Outlaw, and it premieres in New York City. At 54 Below, which I think is like a cabaret oh place. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, and it said March 14th, 2022. That's so. crazy. So there is it. So anyway, all of that to say Becky Luker bought this house, as wow. a, turned it into a, a bed and breakfast, started doing these murder mysteries, and it was all wrapped around the story of Elmer. That's which, crazy. crazy. Like, I understand why partly, I, I mean, it was in bad taste, but she definitely used his story as like part of the murder mystery. Cause it was probably one of the most interesting things to happen out of Guthrie as far as yeah, like, it sounds like it local history, you know? So Becky wow. interacting with this grave with up to 40 people every week doing a uh -huh. faux ritual over his grave could have stirred up energy from Elmer's spirit, causing even more of the activity in the in the bed and breakfast. Uh-huh. And because of this, Becky invites none other than Mr. ZB to investigate. Oh, come on in, bud. So if you wanted to see this for yourself, it is season 17, episode one. Uh, it's a goodie, folks. And I'm gonna watch it later. I actually implore you, sweet Christine, yes. to go log on to discovery plus and open it up because in a second i'm going to give you a time code <gasps> really okay i already got discovery plus open because i've been watching kindred spirits also thank you for keeping me on your discovery plus account because that made this very useful oh you're so <laughs> welcome but i always get confused which profiles which you're poo poo head and i'm pee pee face i think no you're something. so one of them is lemon sucks and i am so confused because i thought you made that me, oh but that's you you changed your own name to that. That actually is very tricky. I yeah. don't know. And there's an alien, you're the alien photo and I'm the tiger. It's very confusing. And I'm peepee -pee head or something. <laughs> I watched it on the alien face account. Okay. Yeah, that's the right one. Is that peepee -pee face or is that lemon sucks? That's lemon sucks. Okay. That was poo poo head for a little bit, I think. I think whatever. that's what I made it. Poop head or something. <laughs> yeah. Originally. Um, oh. Wow. We're professionals. Okay. I have ghosts. Oh, no, that's not. That's ghost hunters. Sorry. Blasphemy. Um, and this is, uh, uh, what's the name of it? 17-1. 17-1. Cool. I type in ghost adventures. It's like 17 series. I know. Holy I know. Holy crap. That man is just nothing but money these he days. Is all over the place. Can you imagine having 20 TV shows and other people can't have like half of one? It's crazy. <laughs> you can't even have one. Um, okay, 17. Oh, there it is. Stone yeah, line in the first should be one. on recently viewed. <laughs> okay. I should have just logged into your profile. What am I doing? Okay. I'm in mine now and I'm in, I see his beanie. I'm on timestamp 0000. Uh, Perfect. 
and you're Zach, you're not going to need it for you're not going to need it for a little bit okay. because it's going to be all the way at the end. But yeah. it's 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 worth it. So, uh, so ZB he thinks that Elmer and Becky, the owner of this air, nope, plane B and B, he thinks that they might have some sort of attachment since they're seeing each other or in each other's vicinity every week doing a spiritual thing, whether or not Becky's doing it on purpose is inadvertently getting more stronger and stronger with this body. And because, uh, here's a creepy thing. Apparently off camera, Becky allegedly told Zach that when she dies, she plans to be buried next to Elmer's plot. Oh dear. So I think that was when ZB was like, okay, there's something going on here. You have something happening. So he's talking to the staff. He talks to the housekeeper named Michelle, the one whose daughter Uh has played with something upstairs. And Michelle says that she hears whispering and knocks on the door. And there has been a time where she was lying down on one of the beds and felt someone get into bed with her. (gasps) And she was totally freaked out because she knew she was in the room alone. And she just like willed herself asleep. She was like, I want out of this situation. I would like to be unconscious now. Yeah. So she fell asleep. And when she woke up, she was in the basement. Nope. What? And not only that, but she saw a bucket on the floor and water was pouring out of the bucket on the floor. What? And I don't know what the fuck that means, but it's what happened. Are and we I sure it, it wasn't arsenic in the bucket? Oh, bucket does it look like water? I don't know. I don't, <laughs> Should I, don't I go back either. to wetgeorgia.com? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Please God, anything but. Okay, so um zach's idea of what was going on there was to me your favorite facebook group oh that's uh are you a yoga teacher uh because wow what a stretch yeah uh because he was saying that because water in the bucket is reflective the spirit might have been trying to tell her to scry because scrying requires reflective sorry he's already giving me a headache i don't that seems a little silly that one i didn't know i understand too much i like my Um, arsenic theory better already me too even if arsenic's powder i believe you more i don't think arsenic is powder is it check the fact oh my (laughs) it's Uh, yay it's either a solid liquid or gas that i know (laughs) This has been uh, this has been science class with two real knuckleheads with pee pee head and poo poo face. Or whatever. <laughs> I always pictured arsenic as like a in a bottle, like. But I guess you're. I guess I think it's a powder. I guess I'm dumb. Finally, we've finally. Said it. I admit it. Two hundred and sixty-eight or oh, so. Oh wait, the poison in. was usually administered as a liquid. The powder Fuck. was mixed with water, but it's a powder that's mixed with water, and that's how you administer it. Oh, so it was a it was a Venn diagram of our theories. So we're both extremely intelligent. So it's a little syrupy, is what it's I'm hearing. It's a little syrupy, and it's we're the smartest people. Oh wait, okay. here's a hazardous substance fun fact. Oh wait, it says fact sheet. It doesn't say fun fact. It's <laughs> it, it ought to. <laughs> it ought to say fact fun fact and that's from nj.gov so there's all sorts of governments telling me about arsenic so if you're interested every state seems to have an opinion all right hey we can collect all 50 of them and frame them and make some weird art or something (laughs) so uh yeah so homegirl woke up in the basement with this weird bucket of water pouring water out of itself and zach asks her to go back up into that room by herself with a digital recorder if she is cool with it and just do like her own EVP session because she thinks this thing is clearly 
connected to you or has interacted with you or is trying to give trying you a to sign. Trying to tell you something. Trying right. to tell you something. So Michelle goes up there and asks a bunch of questions. And the one that they really focus on is when she says, can you tell me the purpose of the dream I had? Because <gasps> half the time she was saying this bucket basement thing was a dream, but it also sounded like it really happened. So I don't know which one it is, but I'm going to run with dream if that's how she's asking the question. Okay. Um, can you tell me the purpose of the dream I had? And the EVP doesn't make a lot of sense, but the voice was very clear and said, fuck him, fuck her. Whoa. Uh, there was a weird moment in the show where like Zach was like, I think trying to be more of an, in an interrogator than he is supposed to be because he kept, I'm just, I took a picture. I'll send you, I'll send you the picture of an interrogator. He was like, he kept being like, is this your voice? And she was like, no, like it doesn't even sound like me. And he was like, but is this your voice? Like, did you, did you say that? Like, did you ask the question and didn't, did you give an answer? Was trying to very intensely allude to the fact that like this was not her voice but kept like weirdly gaslighting her yeah i was gonna say i feel like that's not the way to do it bud here look at this look at the picture of this fucking man send this is what his face looked like for i'm not kidding like a full two minutes while he was asking her <laughs> are you sure he has a beanie he has his famous beanie on and his famous glasses and he his eyebrows are furrowed he he's looking at her like she's an God, like, idiot. Leave like her the, alone. <laughs> like like the either the biggest criminal or like she but, is he he's looking like she's one hundred percent lying to him. But also he's looking like he's never been so confused about anything in his whole life. Like he looks <laughs> like he just lost the ability to speak English and he if just you, can't understand. If you were to go watch the episode, I'm not kidding. Like for a weird amount of time, he's looking at her like that on camera oh my and gosh. He, he keeps being like, but is that your voice? And she keeps looking at him like, no, she no. keeps glancing at the camera. Like, am I missing something? <laughs> <God>. <laughs> like, somebody help me out here. I wasn't even on camera. And I was like, am I missing something? <laughs> so anyway, basically the next half of this is they go to Elmer's grave. Cause they're like, let's, investigate around his gravesite see if we can catch anything from elmer sure but it was apparently a very windy 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 night mm. and so they took a pop-up tent like without the ground like without the flooring in it and like threw it over the grave okay so that way the grave was fully surrounded by a tent so imagine you're sitting in a tent with a fucking grave you're That's just like on top of a body Yes. And so uh, I guess it was so that they could get like they could actually hear audio or whatever from the wind. And so I just thought it looked so silly. It is very so silly. They were trying to make this sound like such a like alpha ghost hunter move where they were like, we are creating an electromagnetic portal and we okay. are using intrasound to channel him out of his grave. <laughs> oh my and God. Literally homeboy went on zoom and he, <laughs> he or FaceTime or whatever it was like back in the Dizay, but he uh, was at the grave site and he was like video calling the other guys that were still at the inn. That's what happened. Okay. Um, <laughs> he FaceTimed his friends from he inside a tent. His, okay. I'm in a tent. Check out this crazy grave next to me. Oh, my um, God. Okay. At one point, so he was using infrasound because he thought the vibrations would, like, rattle the grave, rattle his spirit awake or something really God, dramatic. Leave the guy alone. Um, but they were, like, 
they were shouting at the grave, of course. And they were saying like, Elmer travel to the inn and answer these questions. And I don't, I, maybe they were doing something and I was just unaware of the science to it, but it really looked like they were just saying like, Elmer talk to my friends on FaceTime. (laughs) Um, that's what it looked like. I feel like there was there need to be some more basic explanation for me to get it. So Okay. The crew at the inn, or it would think it was Aaron and one of the other guys, Billy or something, they uh use a paranormal puck, which is basically a, an obvious theory, which we've talked about before, where you can ask it questions and the words will pop up on the screen. Right. A, a paranormal puck is like a Bluetooth device connected to your phone. Okay. So I think one of them had the paranormal puck and one of them was using their phone or something to see the answers on the other end. I think that's how it was, how we were doing things. Okay. Um, and it's like a spirit box, right? It's basically a spirit box, except it's like an app. It was it's okay. a, like a high tech spirit, high tech. It look if you saw a picture of it, it does not look very high tech. It's like a <laughs> yellow screen with words. Um, but so you could like type the question in instead of oh, the spirit oh, box. Got it. And so the spirit box where you're shouting and there's this really loud sound and yeah. it like, and then it talks to you in real time, but you have to guess what it said and you can't save the recording at all. The app is literally you type the question or you can say it at the same time. Apparently they can still hear you, but the answer will show up on your phone. Got it. Um, so, which is super creepy. I have used a paranormal puck and it is a spooky ooky. Really? Um, yeah. So, they're using the paranormal puck and they call it a puck because it looks like a hockey puck. Right. Um, and they start talking to Elmer and on both sides. So at the gravesite and in the end, they're both asking questions oh, just okay. to see what shows up on the phone. And they ask, uh, on your, they ask who, who shot you? And the paranormal puck says, hang instead of shot. Oh, and the guy starts saying, wait, wasn't he hung somewhere? Wasn't that a big deal when he was hung up? And like, that's when his arm fell off. And the paranormal puck said, yes. Oh, so he was hanging at a the carnival. Yes. And so, Got it. so then the puck on its own said homicide, which Whoa. was he, he was shot. Um. So then Aaron turns on the spirit box, like the old school one. Yeah. And immediately a man's voice comes through and says, hang again. Oh, my God. Then they start asking, who talks to your spirit at the gravesite? And the paranormal puck said, empath. Ooh. And then they said, what are you doing right now? And the paranormal puck said, phone. Like, ooh. Talk, talking through the phone. I know. And every mo- every moment I was like, ooh. And then Aaron said, what are you wearing right now? Right. <laughs> <laughs> He they asked again, how did you die? Because it was unclear because they were like, when were you shot? And it said hang. Right. So then they said, how did you die? And the puck said hang. And so Aaron is like shouting at the video conferencing with Sounds about right. Zach. And he was like, maybe the spirit feels like it didn't die when it was shot. Maybe he feels like he died when he was hanging and his arm fell off or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. <laughs> okay like he was saying like maybe like his spirit was with the body the whole time until that moment and that's the death to him or whatever so then he was saying like are we even getting any of this right and the puck said all whoa like you're getting all of it right okay oh okay creepy so the crew gets back to the inn and they're debriefing a 
while they're debriefing, a door upstairs opens on camera very intentionally. Like nah. not a little not a little creak and not a it could have swung open. It was like out of a horror movie. And like kept going. Yuck, yuck, yuck. yuck. Keep in mind I'm watching this at 3 a.m. So I felt real good. Um uh, oh no. Immediately they start hearing sounds around them when they get to the inn. And of course, ZB tells Aaron to go up to the attic and then Billy to go into the basement by themselves. Then, of course, ZB chooses the safest floor where he lays on the bed instead of, I don't know, like asking questions or anything. He's just chillaxing. And he asks the ghost of the little girl that runs around he uh, because she likes to grab people's feet and slap them in the face uh, when they're laying in bed. He said, quote, Irene, I heard you like to tickle toes. Do you want to tickle my big old long toes? I why would you tell me that? Why would you ruin my perfectly good day? He then hears footsteps right outside the room that he's in. And then very creepily, he hears this huge bang. And he goes outside and checks in the hallway. And the whole camera with the tripod is knocked over in the hallway. <gasps> and, the cam- and the camera batteries are totally drained, even though they're brand new. That's pretty weird. Aaron is sitting upstairs where Michelle had this like bucket dream thing. Yeah. And he feels someone literally stick a finger down his butt crack. Okay. He said it feels like when your plumber's crack is showing and someone would try to like, like, I don't know, whatever the, the alpha locker room, not at all gay thing is to touch each other's butt cracks. No homo. No homo except my fingers in your butt, huh? Um, uh, <laughs> it's like you're the gay one even though i wanted to do this okay anyway anyway i digress so uh <laughs> i could get really into that so we can have that we'll save that for the after after dark special we do after dark in the butt crack yeah yeah uh so aaron feels something touch him in in the tush and he said it felt like something like a like a like a kid would do or something like something to be funny and Aaron then said, did you touch me a second ago? And the spirit box says the kid. And then he <laughs> sure, hear- it's like the kid did it, not me. <laughs> yeah, right. And then on the spirit box, they hear a kid's voice talking. Oh, then in a real breaking the fourth wall moment, the spirit box on its own very clearly says ghost hunting. <laughs> oh, my God. That's pretty weird. That's pretty and weird. And then. Which also means that they know what ghosts are and that they're them and that we're trying to communicate with them. Yeah, which, well, they, they knew what a phone was, which is, like, pretty wild, so... Right, like, Elmer from 1910 knew yeah. what a phone was. So, uh, it says ghost hunting, and then all of a sudden, I've never heard this sound come out of a spirit box, but the spirit box on its own changes to this weird-ass frequency or something where it sounds like a monster is snarling. Oh, gross. It's so fucking creepy. It sounded like a warthog or something. It was crazy. <laughs> it really freaked me out. At three in the morning, I was like, fuck this. This is so creepy. Oh, no. Um, all of them sit down to review Aaron's spirit box session because he like runs down. He's like, you got to check this out. And Zach's like, you got to check this out. The tripod fell over. I have long so then, toes. So then they go. <laughs> I have long toes. And so they go out. Uh they go into a room they're all about to review the spirit box session and the door outside opens all by itself Mm -hmm. just like earlier and then they tell the spirit to close the door since the spirit opened it so they the time code 
if you're listening and you want to watch this episode or at least this clip, it is 3730 to 3850. So, and Chris- uh, again, it's uh, season 17, episode one, The Stone Lion yeah. Inn of Ghost Adventures. And it's so on Christine- Discovery Plus. Okay. So, Christine, if you want to go to 3730, and I don't care that it's going to take over a minute for you to watch, we can edit that out. Okay. But I, I do want your real reaction. So, 3730, and then basically to 39 minutes. Okay. Holy shit, Em. Did you okay. watch the whole thing? I is did. That, is that not fucking bonkers? I jumped out of my skin. Okay. Oh, at three, wow. I watched it at 3 a.m. by myself. I, I was already freaked out. I would have lost was, my mind. So tell, tell, tell the crowd. Yeah, so basically you see them talking to what uh, talking in what Zach calls nerve center, uh, which I guess <laughs> is where they have all their like equipment, you know, their meeting spot, like the nerve center of their whole expedition. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're all kind of gathered around the monitor and to the right there's this door and all of a sudden while they're talking about something else, the door just like creaks open and you see it on camera. Um, and so from both like, sides, from both, they, you can see the door from one side of the room and the other side of the room, and it opens, and no one's pushing on it or anything. Oh, from the other side. wait, can you see the other side of the door? Sorry, you can see that probably before the the clip that I showed oh. you, but they give you both vantage Good, points. Good, because my only thought was like somebody could be back there opening and closing. No, it. they had they had a camera pointing on the door on the other side of the door too, so you could okay, see. Okay, that's good. No one did it. It was okay. By good, because that's the only thing where I'm like, that's the only th- argument a skeptic could have is like somebody could clearly be back there, but if there's a camera on it, yeah. So the door like just like rip very intentionally opens, and they're all kind of like, oh, what the fuck. And uh, Zach says uh, sternly, please close that door. If you open that door, please close that door. And of course, there's this building instrumental music and we wait and we wait. And then like literally just fucking slams shut. Slams. I mean, I jumped out of my skin. That was. It was fucking scary. I would say that's the most telling evidence I've ever seen from Ghost Adventures. I agree. That was very telling. And if, if you're if you're. If it's true, like you said, that there's nobody on the other side, like that is fucking freaky. Because it's ZB, one thing to open I'm, a door with like wind or whatever, but to like have it just like on command slam back shut. ZB, I don't know if you heard that, but I applauded you from over here. Well done. And well done. Uh, ZB also said, there are no words to express what we have just witnessed. And then he immediately uses words to express what he just witnessed, <laughs> which I believe he said intelligent poltergeist activity. So... Uh, I feel like you don't need to watch the episode anymore, guys. That that was certainly the. I'm telling you, you should still go watch it because, like, even the even the sound of like the the spirit box freaking out. It was it's so creepy. So that slam happens, uh, and as they all get up to check the door, which is the part where I did not have you keep going. Yeah, they all get up to check the door, and as they're on one side of the door, the spirit box on the other side of the room turns on by itself and starts doing the same snarling sound. And then ZB shouts, why did you slam the door? And the spirit box that happens to be on now said, because I had to. Ooh, oh, because you told me to. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, because you, you told What a dumb and question. Then, and then just to end things on a perfectly ZB, uh, Excellent. In a perfectly ZB way, they tried an experiment where they were going to leave some toys and balls out on the stairs for the kids. And ZB asks the spirit, can you play with my balls? 
and <laughs> stop why is he being such a creep to these children like stop also he does they don't get any footage or anything but what a way to end the episode and that is the stone lion in and i'm sorry <sighs> for uh if you're zb please don't sue me for telling the whole episode in this ep- in my episode but i am telling everybody please go watch it it was one of the creepiest episodes there yeah yeah been. yeah you don't get the full effect i mean that I don't think I've ever really jumped so much from a ZB from a Ghost Adventures episode, except the quarantine ones that we watched. Right. Um, also, um, there. So I feel like a bad researcher because usually I try to get as I try to find everything I can. But apparently there was an episode of Ghost Hunters where they also went and it seems like they saw or experienced all pretty much the same stuff with like shadows. And, really? Well, like, guess uh, what? The, That's also on Discovery Plus. So just hey-o. saying. The only difference is they got a recording during an EVP session of a ghost that said, can you find me? Oh, yuck. And I hate it. But hate other it. than that, that is the stone lion in. That is wonderful and creepy. And next time we're driving through Oklahoma uh, for our steakhouse experience, we should stop there, you know? And we should ask uh, Becky what arsenic is made of. As, we should time. also ask her what, what a, we should quiz her. What's a, what's a bread roll? Show oh, me a picture of a bread that's, roll. I bet she serves those during her seven-course meal. Because, honestly, if it's a saltine, I'm going to have to never go to Oklahoma again. And if you're from Oklahoma, can you tell me what the hell is going on over there? Right? Because I'm confused. You know when you've got the holidays, the new year, and then all of a sudden it's sort of back to the grind? Especially if you run a small business, it can be really hard to get back into the swing of things. But Stamps.com is here to make that a little bit easier for you. Stamps.com streamlines all your mailing and shipping to turbocharge your operational efficiencies. For 25 years now, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses. Whether they're mailing out checks, invoices, legal documents, books, podcast branded koozies, maybe that's just us, or anything else. Get access to the USPS and UPS mailing services you need to run your business right from your computer anytime, day or night. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. And with rates you can't find anywhere else, like up to, get this, 89% off USPS and UPS, how could you go wrong? We have loved Stamps.com for years, not quite 25, but since we started the podcast, which was 2017, and we could not get by without it. I remember there were days where we didn't have Stamps.com, those I call the dark ages, and I was hand shipping everything and driving it on my lunch break to the post office. It was all very hectic. Stamps.com, I do it straight from my house, and it makes my life a trillion times easier. Keep your mailing and shipping moving at the speed of your business with Stamps.com. Sign up with promo code DRINK for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale no long-term commitments or contracts just go to stamps.com click the microphone at the top of the page and enter code drink it feels very fitting that juniper is currently sitting on my lap uh, because we all want our cats to be healthy and happy because when they're happy we're happy but because we're not mind readers we don't always know when they're unwell and in my experience cats are not the most you know open when it comes to sharing their woes and there goes Junie, literally jumped right off me. So helping us keep tabs on our cat's health is just one reason you should use Pretty Litter. Pretty Litter's ultra-absorbent crystals trap odor instantly. No more cat bathroom smell, thank God. Pretty Litter's super light crystal base also minimizes mess and dust. Plus the crystals last up to a month, which means less scooping and fewer trips to the garbage can for Blaze, because that's his job. Here's the coolest thing about Pretty Litter. It changes colors to help monitor early signs of potential illness in our cats, including urinary tract infections and kidney issues, and Pretty Litter ships free right to your door in a small lightweight bag. Pretty Litter has changed the game. The litter box is right near Leona's room and so it is very delightful to not have that litter smell all the time when she's taking a nap. Plus we can rest easy knowing that Juniper 
and his little kidneys are healthy. Pretty Litter helps keep tabs on my cat's health and keeps odors down. You and your cat are going to love Pretty Litter as much as we do. Go to prettylitter.com slash ATWWD and use code ATWWD to save 20% on your first order. That's prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD to save 20%. prettylitter.com slash ATWWD, code ATWWD. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Okay, so we are, as we said, on a kind of a time crunch. So I'm going to try to cover this in the next 40 minutes. I think I can do that. Um, So this is, it's not a super long story, but it's The Angel Makers, which is already kind of creepy. The Angel Makers? What the hell is that? The Angel Makers of, now this is where... Oh, Angel Makers, like it made made dead people because they killed them and they became angels. Correct. Okay. Uh, and now that this is, it takes place in Hungary. And I want to be clear that I've looked up several. So what I do when I'm trying to find a pronunciation is I watch YouTube videos of people discussing it to hear how it's pronounced. I heard three different versions of people saying this. So oh, gosh, okay. I'm going to say Nagariv, I think is the most close. It's in Hungary. It's a town in Hungary. Um, so I'm going to say Nagariv. I'm not sure if that's how you say it. Nagirev, Nagirev. I don't know. Okay. Um, someone said Najirev, and I was like, that can't be it. Uh, mm. So we're going to go with Nagarev. So November 24th, 1929, in Nagarev, Hungary, a farming town 60 miles south southeast of Budapest, the capital, 80 women were arrested. And for a small town of around 800 people, that means 10% of their population had been arrested oh, on this shit. day. Oh, my God. Yes. So very big day in town. Talk about local drama. Right? Ten. Oh, my God. So, okay. I'll wait for you to keep going. So 80, 80 women out of a town of 800 were arrested November 24th, 1929. This plunged the town into suspicion, mayhem, and worry. What the fuck was going on? Yeah. Um, along with arresting this group, uh, the police exhumed more than 100 bodies, all containing traces of arsenic arsenic our favorite powder liquid our favorite gas <laughs> our favorite <laughs> mysterious substance that nobody knows um so out of the 80 women all of whom were widows just side mm, note okay five were hanged and 10 went to jail for life <gasps> so whoa i feel like i don't even have i okay i have questions but i feel like i don't even know where to start with them yet okay I, e- excellent so they're okay. So 80, 85 were arrested, and then eighty were arrested, and then ten were put in jail for life. Yes, and five were hanged, and five were hanged, Holy and all crap. Were, and all were and widows. all were widows. Sounds like a weird riddle. If it does sound like a weird, <laughs> riddle. I'm like, what? I feel like I'm trying to answer a question for a troll under a bridge. I was I about to say, this is your troll hole. This riddle. is my troll hole. I know. I obviously, and then there, the answer is angel makers or something so yeah gross so okay whatever this operation was had first been drawn to the police's attention in october uh by an uh, by an anonymous letter sent to the police chief in the letter the writer had tipped the police off about a series of uncanny deaths all of seemingly healthy married men Mm. So according to a blog called Unknown Misandry, the inspector enlisted his two most trusted detectives, Bartok and Friska, to check what was happening. The chief was said to have told Bartok and Friska, his like right hand men, 
This is probably written by a practical joker, but you'd better check on it. It sounds like it. Yeah. So they're like, that's a little strange, but maybe we should just go see what's going on in this small town just for fun. So the first place they stopped was a local inn, and they found four local men who they sat down with and uh, kind of quizzed them, bought them some wine, which is lovely, and quizzed them on on what they knew. Like, what, what do you think is going on in town? And the four men didn't uh, want to say too much. They were like a little freaked out. They were on edge and they were like, you should go talk to the clergyman. Mm, He knows the answers. The fact that, well, sir, you knew the answers for you to say, (laughs) oh, go talk to this exact person who has the answers. You were in on this for a minute, at least. You know what's going on. So... When they found the man, the locals had described the clergyman and explained the letters they received. The clergyman pulled police into his study where he said, Gentlemen, you have come none too soon. Here we live in the constant shadow of death. And I'm going to read you the whole uh, thing that he said. It's quite, it's quite long, but it's powerful. Okay. For no apparent reason, healthy and robust men suddenly sicken and die. This spring, when Frau Sabo's old father died, it was rumored that she and Susie Ola had poisoned him. I called on Frau Sabo and questioned her. Of course, she denied the rumor, but before I left, she gave me a cup of tea. Within an hour, I was violently ill. A medical friend who was staying with me believed she had poisoned me. You see, gentlemen, in these villages, we have neither doctor nor policeman. All death certificates are signed by our coroner, who happens to be Susie Ola's (gasps) son-in-law. Susie Ola is a formidable opponent, gentlemen, and if she discovers the reason for your visit, you will be dead men. The superstitious peasants are terrified of her. They believe she has supernatural powers, and as her official capacity as nurse and midwife gives her access to every family, she dominates the entire district. Holy shit. I believe that these murders were originally caused by the grinding poverty of our unfortunate peasantry. The aged, the crippled, the unwanted children have sometimes proved too heavy a burden for our poor. Then there were men who drank and beat their wives. These men have gradually disappeared. And in their place, the women under Susie Ola have gained the upper hand. These villages, gentlemen, are utterly dominated by women. And the men are all afraid for their lives. Whoa. Okay, <laughs> so, but also happy International Women's Day. I like, know. Good timing. Uh, I, only because I loved hearing that men were terrified for their lives of women for a I second. know. It, it is, it's just sort of like a, oh, how the turntables. Uh, oh, how the turntables. So, <laughs> so interesting that, the, so was it, is it that they're, hmm. So I know Susie's like the main culprit and her son-in-law is probably like getting away with it or mm-hmm. not saying anything. But it's also weird that there's like at least fourteen other widows out there. Or is this part there's of like eighty? A weird... Remember, oh, is, eighty widows was were arrested. There, but but at least fifteen of them were found guilty, right? So, mm-hmm. so was there like a was there like a murder pact going on, or was it perhaps? Ah, okay, I I don't know why. I was, I was just the drama. Okay, it's okay. drama. Like the talk drama. about doing like a a TLC spe- Well, actually, no. You'd probably be in big danger if you if you went here right. with a camera crew. But oh man, it would be interesting. If Vice could do a piece on this place. You had me for a second because when you said when you started talking about how uh, 
it was the clergy. I was like, were they widows or were they nuns? Was there a bunch of killer nuns out there? It, like, I really threw me for a second, but I'm I'm still on board. I'm still on no, board. No, and so so back back to the bar, those four guys who were like, we don't want to talk about it. It's not because they were involved. It's because they were terrified. They it were makes like, total sense. We, you go talk to that guy. He'll tell you what's going on. We don't want to say anything. Interesting. Okay. Uh-huh. Wow. So, I've, wow. I've never known. Wild, right? What a wild. Okay. Yes. It's pretty wild. So- What the clergyman had spoken was the truth. Susie Ola had been recruited by a woman called Susanna Fazekas. So there's Susie and Susanna, just to clarify. Yeah. And uh, so Susanna had uh, recruited Susie to be her clerk and side woman within this scheme she was perpetrating. So flashback, it had all begun in 1911 when Susanna Fazekas, a trained midwife, first moved to Nagarive. And um, according to your father's favorite TV channel, Sissi, <laughs> Hungary of the 1910s was a place of political upheaval, crushing poverty, and no options for women. Um, and here are some op- or some uh, reasonings for why. Hungary would be hugely affected by World War I, where approximately 9 million Austro-Hungarian Empire men were drafted. The oh. 1910s was a time rife with arranged marriages where teenage girls often got paired with older men that their family chose for them. Um, mm. Obviously, these girls didn't have a say in these arrangements. Divorce was not legal. Uh, relationships were particularly challenging, even more so than usual, because the men were constantly in fear they'd be sent off to war. I mean, this is starting to sound very chillingly familiar mm-hmm. to current uh, current scenarios over there. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully not all the other shit but you know being sent to war business uh and women were there to deal with their husband's fear uh in an often loveless marriage so they're already in a rough situation oftentimes it's a much younger not even necessarily a woman but a girl with an older you know husband that they Mm -hmm. didn't necessarily even choose for themselves who's now in this like turmoil over possibly being sent away to war it's just a lot um, and Nagari was also a prison camp for prisoners of war who became um, then ingrained into village life so much so that when the husbands were eventually recruited for battle, it was not uncommon for women to have affairs with the prisoners that were kind of being brought into this village Whoa. and okay. living life there. Um, so huh. according to Sifi, uh, some women had three or four different men on the go just as part of their wow. yeah part of their lives. So, uh, unsurprisingly, since this is the early 1900s, this resulted in plenty of unwanted pregnancies. And this is where Susanna Fazekas originally came into play. Okay. So, between the years of 1911 to 1921, midwife Susanna was arrested approximately 10 times for performing abortions, which were, of course, illegal. Uh, She was acquitted each time. And then as the war came to an end, a lot of the husbands returned home now, understandably, with severe PTSD, Mm. something that wasn't understood at the time. Um, And many of the wives who didn't really like their husbands in the first place were now overloaded by being, again, trapped in this marriage. Caregivers. Caregivers uh, with husbands who were now emotionally, physically traumatized and often, you know, really not equipped to be back in normal day-to-day life. So this is just like a... A lot that they're being overburdened with. Um, So understandably, a lot of women wanted out. And so they went to the person who had supported them so well during the war, Susanna. Mm. They asked for advice how to cope. And Susanna, 
said, I have an idea. Uh Oh, okay. I have arsenic. (laughs) I was gonna say drink some tea. (laughs) Drink some tea. So women would leave Susanna's house with a vial of arsenic. Okay, so this is where I'm getting this from the liquid thing. Basically, it would be administered as a liquid. So that's why in my head, it's a liquid, but I guess you create it with powder. Um, Okay. I mean, I hate maybe you make it a bunch of different ways. I don't know. (laughs) Who knows? So women, so very interestingly, they would leave uh, Susanna's house with a vial of arsenic and she had made the vial of arsenic by boiling fly paper and then extracting the poisonous residue because I guess fly paper was being made with arsenic and to kill the flies. But so she would boil it and then scrape off the poison and put it in a vial. Weird. I mean, evil, but genius. Like it's quite, uh, quite ingenious yeah like what a what a like i wouldn't even think to do something no, like that oh absolutely i mean i obviously i'm not a killer but like i guess the... it's the modern equivalent of like rat poison like trying to poison someone through rat poison you know oh okay that makes sense too but okay who knows so as arsenic poisoning has similar symptoms to someone suffering from cholera which is vomiting stomach pain diarrhea and skin discoloration and world war one happened to coincide with a worldwide cholera pandemic it seemed like a perfect solution to just kind of sneak in a few more deaths this way so Susanna would ensure her clients that arsenic wouldn't be traced on the victim's body and she recruited a woman called Susie Ola who, along with her son-in-law, was in charge of filing death certificates. So these three were able to not only pull off these murders, but then also be able to cover it up by forging these death certificates to say something different. Uh, Mm. And so nobody would know what the real cause of death was. So the reason Susanna went and recruited Susie was because Susie was one of Susanna's first clients. So at 18, Susie had murdered her husband uh, by stewing the flypaper herself, which she then put in her husband's dinner. And according to that blog I mentioned earlier, Unknown Misandry, Susie and Susanna's business worked the following way. Women would express an interest in killing their husband um, and then would pay money to Susie and Susanna. And then according Crazy to- that, sorry, it sounds like so far, like 10% of people are expressing that they want to kill their right? husband. Right? I don't know if we're extrapolating that for the mm. future. Like, like, just 10% of people want to kill their husbands? I don't well, know. Well, that's in this very, I mean, you know, with all the, the, the bullets up here of, you know, being in forced marriages, being oh, in right, poverty, right, right. Right. being in like I a totally war-torn... Blanked war-torn situation you're giving me all the right points i just immediately chose to block all that out and i was like 10 percent of people want to kill their husbands what's going on no i I mean i don't think so maybe that's why it blew my mind a little bit but you are totally right there was a lot of other circumstances yeah there were other things that were kind of um contributing to this so the, the women would express an interest in killing their husband which they'd accept in exchange for money and then according to murderpedia she would accept money in three equal payments 100 uh i think it's pronounced penges or penges uh which is about twenty dollars down another twenty dollars after the funeral and a third payment when the estate was settled but uh, Susie didn't always uh, 
murder for money. Uh, there was her second husband, for example. He was this kind of handsome Don Juan type who uh, liked to get involved with the younger women of the village. And oh. uh, Susie kind of dealt with it for a while. And then one day she had enough and she slipped him a dose of medicine that, uh, according to Murderpedia, effectively removed such ideas and all other ideas from his mind forever. Which is a lovely <laughs> way of <laughs> killed him (laughs) wow that's like in a cell block tango when they're like we had artistic license artistic differences and then uh yeah he ran into my knife seven times it's like it's like he he saw himself as alive i saw him as dead but whatever (laughs) exactly so however Susanna never really wanted money to be the real issue so if the women couldn't afford the full amount she would adjust the price for them how gracious uh she wanted to encourage this as much as she could she even told one woman, like, why even put up with them about men? Mm. She was just like, hey, you want to do this? Come on, let's do it. You don't have the money? Jeez. That's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, and, like, to an extent, it's like, of course, if these men are abusing you and, you know, whatever, I understand. Let's just say things get out of hand very quickly. So it's sort of like I understand Ooh. the noble, you know, like saving these women from an unfortunate circumstance and um, self-defense but things get out of hand very quickly which is why i'm kind of uh hesitant to be like yeah girl power you know (laughs) yeah mass murder (laughs) yeah exactly precisely yeah so uh there were an estimated 45 to 50 murders over the 18 years uh that Susanna lived there wait how Um, many 45 to 50 and again this is a town of 800 people yeah, uh, it, it sounds like, I mean, whoa, I can't imagine, like, that's such a, I mean, there's nothing else you're talking about with your neighbors. Like, you're just like, are you no. okay? Like, what's going on? And are you're not okay? even talking about it because you're terrified. You're like, I don't even yeah. want to say it. I'm so freaked out. Yeah. Oh, my God. The trauma for the whole town. What, the whole I mean, town. And the, the, the town actually earned the nickname the Murder District for very obvious reasons. I mean. I mean, Yeah. Um, so apparently because this is becoming such a widespread thing, there was a, there were a set of unspoken rules among the named angel makers of Nagirev, Nagarev. Um, according to a medium article by Ash Woods, only married women may join their ranks. So only if you're a married woman, may you join the angel makers. Angel makers cannot aid single women to poison off their lovers. Angel. Angel makers can't help a husband get rid of an unwanted wife. It was forbidden to poison women or children. Okay. Spinsters and women in happy marriages with no need of husband killing services were not to be told about the syndicate's grim activities. Oh. So very strict rules here. Yeah, like uh, a, like fight club code. Like fight club <laughs> cl- code. Um except that the rules kind of went out the window eventually so oh oh no that means women and children and lovers and oh god okay not lovers not Uh, the lovers (laughs) so locals uh so the service grew and grew more women found out about this very easy situation they could just have their quote-unquote marital issues solved right at their fingertips um but locals weren't stupid even though this was supposed to be like a secret thing um they sort of caught on to what was happening and it became an unspoken rule among men to be wary of marriage because a lot of husbands were dying um with there being more and more primary sources of how simple and effective of a solution this was Susanna and Susie began encouraging more women to secretly murder their husbands and not just 
their husbands. So one woman who's referenced as Palinka in the Medium article only wanted to poison her husband at first, but it worked so well that she went on to send her parents, her two brothers, her sister-in-law, and her aunt to their graves as well. (gasps) Um, And she did this so she could claim a house and two and a half acres of land all for herself. Uh, Palinka committed the murders with a flare. She would feed her victim a small dose of poison just enough to give them cramps. Then she would say, oh, let me cure the ailment. I have this medicine. And she would dash off the town and return with an expensive bottle of medicine, dole out generous spoonfuls of said medicine to the victim until they expired. And of course, the contents of the medicine bottle had been replaced with this flypaper arsenic water situation. Oh my God. Okay. So thanks to this uh, Medium article, which is really well done by Ash Woods, uh, here are some of the other angels, as they were called, uh, and, oh. some, and what their uh, <laughs> situations were. So okay. there was Marie Cardos, who killed her husband, her lover, and her sickly 23-year-old son. Oh. Uh, as a last motherly gesture to her son, she moved his bed outside the house on one warm autumn day and fed him the poison soup herself. She said, I gave him some more poison, she recalled in court. Suddenly, I remembered how splendidly my boy used to sing in church. So I said to him, sing, my boy, sing my favorite song. He sang it with his lovely, clear voice. Then suddenly he cried out, gripped his stomach, gasped, and was dead. Holy shit. Yeah, this is very dark. Uh, then there's Maria Varga, 41, who murdered her husband, a blind war hero. That, that's the same person Uh her husband a blind war hero when he raged about her having sex with her young lover repeatedly in their home he died in agony within 24 hours of consuming the poison but five years later when she grew tired of her young lover she poisoned him as well oh my god (laughs) so she was with the young lover but it really it is just rampant just it's rampant indeed wow there's Lydia, Sari, who poisoned both her elderly parents. Uh, neighbors later testified that they heard her father cry out to his dying wife, May the devil take Lydia! She had brewed us tea which had killed us! Oh. Um, so, I don't know. Part of me likes to think that's kind of just a nosy neighbor kind of exaggerating because that seems like a wild thing to hear through all the walls and then not do anything about. It's your Facebook group again. It's, like- it's my... <laughs> like whoa what a i feel like like lydia or whatever her name was who killed her parents could have been like whoa that's a stretch like yeah no way. whoa 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 in court like excuse me uh it's like uh, you may be spot on but i think that was also a stretch it may be precisely what my fa- dying father yelled out yeah uh, objection uh, yeah are you a yoga teacher yep so then there's uh, Balint Sordas, the second in command of the Angel Makers, and she fed a deadly dose to a few of her children because they were too many mouths to feed. Oh, no. I know. So it just, uh, it's just becoming any inconvenience. It's, it's rampant. It's like when people just don't know what else to do or where else to turn. Um, and then Rosalie Sebastian and, and Rose Hoiba murdered their husbands because the men bored them. So... Yeah. That and then, one I understand. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and then the last one is Maria Sendi, who poisoned her husband because he always had his way, quote unquote. Uh, oh. and I don't know what that means. That could mean um, the worst of what that could mean, or that could just mean like, oh, he always wanted things his way. It could mean either one. I right. don't know. Right, right. But, but yikes. Yeah. So fast forward to 1929 again, and the police are finally hearing about all this, and they're getting this information from the priest, and they decide it's their mission to make, as we've all wanted for so long, make Nagarive safe for men again. 
<laughs> Just right. Like we've always wanted. Let's make finally safe like, for men. Let's protect the men. Finally, like please, since let's when? Go. Since when is there anyone doing that for women? But whatever. Okay. Uh, hey, the- you know what? I I'm I'm on it this time around. I feel like th- that poor town needs the help for once yeah let's we got to save them we got to help them out yeah so with the heavy police presence around uh nagarive who are questioning women at every possibility uh one woman called mrs sabo admitted to poisoning her husband and brother and revealed that Susanna and Susie were the ringleaders so she just like outed them right away all three women were taken into custody to be questioned but mrs sabo claimed that the police had bullied her into confessing and retracted what she had said uh, and Susanna and Susie proclaimed their innocence. And fortunately, when the police went to search their houses, they couldn't find anything incriminating, so they had to release them. But Susie was a bit nervous that the police were clearly on to them. So she started going from house to house of her fellow angels to warn them about this investigation and say, don't say anything to the police. Mm. But unfortunately for her, the police were watching her do this and were like, okay, so another That'll one lives at 102 blank street uh and so they she basically led them to all of the different angel makers Um, oh silly Susie, or silly Susie by mistake uh so police noted the addresses and names of every house she visited um and then balant sordis who i mentioned earlier went to budapest to ask a chemist if (laughs) hypothetically you poison someone with fully hypothetical arsenic it can't be traced, right? That's what Susanna said. And the chemist was like, of course it can. Arsenic oh, actually God. can be traced in a victim's hair and nails for a very long time after the person has died. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the heart dropping from that the murderer? The heart sinking. Like, should we get a second opinion? But yeah. No, it's true. Uh, it's too can, late, girl. You just poisoned a whole town. Girl, you're going to be caught. So this news <laughs> sent the angels into a full-on panic because this whole time Susanna was telling them, you can't trace it. There's no way anyone can find out or accuse you, you know? Or, I mean, they can accuse you, but they can't uh, charge you or convict There's you no of proof. this. Yeah. There's no proof, right. Uh, and that was not true. So the police uh, so the, <laughs> the police were like, I know what we'll do. We'll exhume the bodies to of the victims to make sure oh, and check. But interestingly... Um, they Did got they dig the, up all of the bodies. So they got there to exhume the bodies to check for arsenic. Right. Well, they were surprised to see a group of women were already at the graveyard. I was going to say, did they, did they all find the bodies before the cops did? No. So yeah, you think, oh, they're already taking the bodies out. No, no, they're not taking out the bodies. They are moving tombstones around. So oh nobody- my God. Switching the names. <laughs> Honestly, that's such an easier fix. I would be the dumbass with a spoon trying to dig the grave. And the smart person is like, just switch around the gravestones. Like, There's someone being like, work smarter, not harder. Honestly, like- <laughs> right? Like that's, it's pretty fucking, I mean, it's fucked up, but it's genius. So yeah, they're, they're basically moving the headstones around so that they didn't coincide with the correct body. But unfortunately for them, the police show up right when this is happening and blow their whistles in the dead of night and the whole town wakes up. They're like, stop in your tracks. And they were all arrested, everybody there. They, a total of 50 buried bodies were, in, were inspected. They actually uh, turned the cemetery into a morgue. I'm picturing like a... Uh, Zach Bagan's tent from REI. They're just like a giant <laughs> tent from REI putting over 
going over the whole graveyard. Um, and local doctors and lab assistants were there to investigate the corpses. Um, and it turns out 46 of the 50 bodies tested positive for arsenic. <gasps> so, oh my yeah, God. All and what year them. was this again? Sorry. This was uh, 1926, 1929. Wow. I'm sorry. Wow. Yeah. And this had been going on for a while. So, uh, Let's see. So from so among the bodies from it was everything from older men to young women to children. So their rules had gone out the window. They're like rules of only men, only for women who are trapped in these marriages, like the initial kind of noble plan of this angel maker group had gone out the window. Now there were children. Now there were women. All sorts of people had been poisoned. Um. Mm. So with all this evidence, this is when we get back to the beginning of 80 widows being arrested. And the Ogden Examiner reported that with this evidence, they first went to the home of Susanna, uh, who had not been at the cemetery. She saw them come into her house. She looked wildly around for a chance to escape, uh, and there was none. But on the table, there was a bottle containing her famous arsenic solution. Chug, chug, chug. So, and this was intended for another unwanted husband that she was going to give it away later that day. Damn. But the woman uh, seized it, poured it down her throat, and yep. began screaming. Her death was as agonizing as those of her victims. Ugh. And then the authorities checked up on additional rumors on records that uh, were kept in Susan- uh, Susanna's room. And within a short time... 100 widows were arrested (gasps) because she had records of all the people who had been her customers. Oh, my God. And they were all charged with murdering their husbands. And some of them were even accused of poisoning their fathers and brothers and other family members. Um, The trial was bonkers. It was revealed that though 40 corpses were exhumed with arsenic, it was believed the angel makers were responsible for between 100 to 300 deaths, but it couldn't be proven <gasps> oh how many. Oh my god. And in, uh, in, a, in, a, in a town of 800 people? Yeah, but I assume some of those were probably because I know that they were mentioning like, oh, she wanted oh, brothers a sister-in-law and, and, and a, yeah. yes, but I but yes, it is a very small town, so presumably most of these people are from this town itself. So like about 200 of 800 people oh are just God. being murdered mysteriously. Wow. Yeah. How is this not a more famous case? Like how That's is That's what I'm mur- wondering. Like I don't a quarter have any of the idea. population was murdered. Are you This really what? sounds like a wild movie or something you could make you know how like i want to know the science of like how how, did the economy tank like what happened like where where did everything really wild i have no idea and i i want yeah i wonder i know there is a documentary called the angel makers and i haven't gotten to watch it yet so i'll watch it and see i would love to know more about like what happened to the town itself when a quarter of its people were missing yeah and you know what's interesting is like you know they said that uh the the quote unquote peasants of the town thought she had like sorcery, like magic powers, which well, sure. would explain why you wouldn't know what else to do. Like if you don't know she has arsenic from flypaper, you just think she's killing people magically. Like you're not about to mess with that. Like you don't want to get in her way. Oh, scary. Um, so yeah, uh, the judge asked Rose Gleba, one of the widows, whether she knew the 10 commandments. This is <laughs> classic courtroom scenario i guess uh to which she responded that she didn't the judge then said do you know the commandment thou shalt not kill to which rose responded i never heard of it (laughs) news to me (laughs) oh really well if i'd have known (laughs) 
Um, also, women who were called to testify against Susie seemed genuinely terrified of her. They said to the jury her eyes glowed ruby red at night and that she kept poisonous snakes and lizards that she trained to climb into the beds of those who might betray her. So Whoa. everyone's terrified of this woman, thinking like she has powers. Uh, she's She clearly runs this whole town. I was going to say, so everyone knew that she was doing it, right? Yeah, they all knew she was kind of the head honcho. Um, I wonder if Susanna. the guy... I wonder if the guy who was selling flypaper knew how like, <gasps> how locked in his job was. Like He's he wasn't like, getting damn. killed. He oh, wasn't yeah. getting he, killed. They need him unless they, they want to get rid of the middleman and get their own flypaper. I don't know. But I yeah, don't know. He's, uh, he's but a he cog would, in the should. You would think he would have like gone to the place and been like, okay, but she's getting like stacks of flypaper. Like what's <laughs> going on? I'm, what's going on? You'd think, except then he's probably a millionaire because he's selling so much goddamn flypaper. Right. It's like, he was shit. like, you help me, I help you. Okay, I'm making okay. bank over here. Yeah. Uh, so on top of all this, Lydia Ola, who's Susie's sister, at one point cried out, we are not assassins. We did not stab our husbands. We did not hang them or drown them either. They died from poison and this was a pleasant death for them. <laughs> Whoa. Which oh like, my, obviously... Even though- it was not true. Not true. It's they were not. all like screaming in agony. Yeah, exactly. Susanna literally experienced it herself. This is not a pleasant death. Also, you can't be like, we're not a murderer. We killed him really nicely. It's like that. Right. How okay. That works, bud. Um, sorry. I was also going to say, no, I, I'm just jumping in too many times. Sorry. No, no. That's I, the point. I was going to say, too, going back to like, I wonder like what happened to the economy, but also when like, if this is in the 20s, like, this was a time when like women weren't working or couldn't have their own bank accounts or like, like how were they surviving once the guy was dead? I mean, I think it's just a, ve- yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it's just a very impoverished town to begin with too. Okay. So I don't, I don't know. I know that one of the reasons that this happened was because there was so much poverty and people were unable to care for their large numbers of children and people were having unwanted pregnancies i'm not i honestly i don't know that's a good question i gotta watch that documentary i've not watched it yet i I gotta watch watch it too i got so many questions we gotta get on that discovery plus i don't think it's on there but i'll find out okay uh so in total eight of the angel makers were given the death penalty 12 were sentenced to prison and seven received life sentences at the end of all of it a woman called maria gunya spoke to the bbc in 2004 she was a child when the angel makers were operating in nagariv so she uh was alive during this time and actually remembered it wow and so maria told the bbc in 2004 uh who she was now 83 years old, but she told them rather bemused that the men's behavior toward women and toward their wives improved markedly after the spate of poisonings. Well, I should and hope so. <laughs> that's the end of the story of the angel makers of Nagarif. Oh my God. What a, I mean, first of all, horrific story, but also like so mind-blowing i feel like it's that, wild i feel like it's like an onion article like it, it doesn't it, even seem real right i'm gonna text you a picture of some of the the women that were involved in this just to kind of see like this is how long ago it was um oh look at them they're not fucking I mean, around they look who is the homeboy at to the left oh i didn't even see him uh they are pretty scary looking they I, are not I feel screwing like, around. I also I just as like, uh, 
an American who's been socialized that smiling is everything. Anytime someone's just simply not smiling, I get scared of them. So, <laughs> but, but you know what? They do also look like they mean business and that's terrifying. Oh yes. Oh yes. Um, there's some wild photos in here that I, I think we should share on the Instagram because there's, uh, a, a, there are photos of them digging up the graves. There's Ugh. photos of the women on trial. Um, just some fascinating stuff. So clearly this was a media spectacle back then, even if we don't know much about it today. So, Oh my God. Wow. I'm so, sh- I think that's one of my favorite stories you've covered. Really? Yeah. Oh, it's just, good. it's so, it's like one big, it's just not so fun fact. Like it was just oh, like, right. It's like one of those things you see, uh, it, on an Instagram post and you're like, uh, I don't know if I trust that like a WTF fact or something, you know, it that feel, you're like, it feels like a, like a, a very quick blurb of a Facebook meme I'd find yes. from my uncle's Facebook or something. And then you're and like, like, you should okay. really check your sources before yeah. you just post shit. It feels, it feels just so like, it's not, it's not your everyday murder, I guess, but like, I don't want to like, you know, know, glamorize it as something, you know, different in a good way, but it's just like, it's so, it, it was an original piece. It, felt it is. Like. And it, it's pretty wild. Like you said that we just don't know about it. You know. I feel like everyone should know about it. Oh my god, I can't wait to go. What's the documentary called again? On Discovery um, it's Plus? called The Angel Makers, I believe. Angel uh, Makers. Let me make sure. I think it's on Netflix, or maybe it's not. That blow it blows my mind. I feel like I I'm gonna be thinking about it all day. It's fascinating. Um, yeah. So it's a apparently a short documentary. I don't know where to watch it, but um, I'm gonna I feel find like- out. I really think I'm going to like hyperfixate on this one, Christine, which okay. is like kind of a compliment in a way. Like I, I really want to know, like how did the whole town survive after something like that? Or like, where, where did they end what up? What happened? Like, yeah. yeah. I'm curious too. Oh my gosh. And also like, let's not like skirt over like how fucking traumatized the men must be in that town. Like the yeah. ones that survived. Like, yeah. Can you imagine like, it feels like. I mean, just at every moment, it's like I I could be next. It's and you don't know like where it's coming from or how people are dying because you don't know about the. I mean, it must be scary. Uh, and I then mean, when and then when kids also started dying too and everything, then the it was thing. like no one's fucking safe. You know, it's like one thing to have like the abusive men being killed off, which you know is its own story. But yeah, when it's like oh no, anybody, anybody. can be fair game is like uh oh yeah yeah. So oh, God. Anyway. Well, what a very interesting story, Christine. <laughs> oh, indeed. But that's all I got for you today. I also appreciate that you had uh, in your little audience over there, you had Krampus and Squidward. I do. I made sure they were propped up for today. I think um, the last couple episodes you've been recording at your desk instead of your chair. I was. And I, haven't, I haven't gotten a good close up of them in a while. I thought. So. I think you mean my fainting couch. I'm back in my fainting oh, couch. Is right, what it finally. Is. finally (laughs) well thank you for that story we are when when does this come out it's probably not for a while i I don't know a couple weeks we're trying to record ahead for our tour so i think a couple weeks (sighs) all right well i'll see you in a couple weeks folks i don't know where we'll be or what you're doing or what i'm doing but oh did oh no you just text eva says march 27th this comes out Alrighty, March twenty seventh. Hmm. Oh, it will have just been Eva's birthday a while oh. ago. Oh, it will uh, have just been Eva's birthday a while ago. Uh, <laughs> now that I'm realizing it, so happy belated to Eva. And oh. what else is going on March twenty seventh? I haven't done this in real life, Christine, but uh, 
by the time this comes out, I probably have. March 27th is very close to our show in Canada. It's only a month away, which means I'm now at probably in the planning stage of what oh, I'm going to be gosh. doing Oh, gosh. Talk about hyperfixating. It's going to take a whole month, my friends. So. Oh, boy. Anyway, I will see you in Canada in a month, everybody. And ah. that's that's it for me. Can't wait. And that's why we drink.